All right, Comedy Film Nerds Podcast, episode 467. Oh my God, halfway to 934. It's so close. It's, we're getting so we're close. Right, no, 934 is yeah. right around the corner. Yeah. God, God, are we getting there? What are we going to do for the um, 934 episode? So, you know, <laughs> something really special. Something really big. Yeah. I mean, 934, it's yeah. like... We it's, should have 934 cupcakes. That's an odd way to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So you're just freestyling. I already figured it out. Yeah, yeah. I rented the hall. We're oh, ready. You've been yeah, planning yeah, this for yeah, a while. No, okay. we're, we're done. I just, was just throwing. All you got to do is show up. Okay. So. <laughs> all right. That's it. I love it. It's like uh, if I were to be married to someone that would want to plan a wedding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but do it quicker. But so, do it quicker. Yeah. Most, my my first two weddings were I <laughs> they were kind of quick. One was in Vegas to a stripper, and then the yeah. other one was uh, to a woman from another country. We were up against a. Uh, a deportation deadline. <laughs> so you, you're an adventurer. So not as many uh, streamers as you would have liked, maybe? Uh, no, I don't balloons. know that we yeah. needed to hire a wedding planner yeah. for either one of those. I mean, the wedding planner might have been yep. my drunk buddy in Vegas. Mm. Um, but, you know. So um, no uh, disposable cameras on all the guest tables for them to take pictures and then you to develop later for the album. You don't have to argue over what kind of band you're going to get. You know what I mean? You just like... <laughs> That's the beauty about getting getting drunk and marrying a stripper in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You just there's not there's no wedding planning fights. I'm Did like you? withholding it. I have a four year old and I'm still not married, so I'm like hoping it'll be like <laughs> a geriatric <laughs> wedding. Well, in the 80s style. We are going to be talking about a lot of movies today, Graham. We're going to be talking about Tolkien, or Tolkien, as they make it a point in the film to say. Oh, but you know who on. doesn't care? J.R. Tolkien. <laughs> he really doesn't. Good. Um, and Ugly Dolls, Pokemon. Detective Pikachu, and Let Them Play, the documentary. So, a lot to talk about. But first... Let's introduce our first-time guest. First-time guest. Long-time friend. Yes. Mm -hmm. Leslie Wolf. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited, Graham, because you know I wasn't expecting you. I saw the handsome Chris Mancini. He was like, come on, the pod. Yeah. (laughs) It's like surprising a woman with like a huge engagement ring, and she didn't even know. Your reaction walking in the studio was the greatest... It was. Of any guest of ever. Of any guest we've yeah. ever had. You walk in there and you're like, ah! <laughs> not like just a guy I like. You're like, Graham! <laughs> it's, like, it's a treat. Well, I'm... Oh, most terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was loud. Well, this is so great. It did put Aaron on the floor, to be clear. Well, so. <laughs> Aaron rattles easy. Yeah. yeah, he's sick of me anyway. He's heard me before. Yeah. <laughs> I heard you on Kira's show. <laughs> um, the thing I love is is having you on the show specifically, but but any comics we've known for a long time. One of the things about that's great about doing this podcast is we get to kind of reconnect because when we all met each other, we were all in our twenties. We were all so we saw each other every night of the week at all of the shows around LA. And then now our careers go, we get busy, kids, whatever. So we don't get to see each other as often. I love how he says our careers go and then leaves it blank because everybody's different. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, everyone gets careers going in whatever direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so it's great to like when when Chris is like, "Oh, Leslie's gonna do." It. I'm like, "Oh, fantastic!" Aww. I I let out a similar shriek when Chris yes. first told me, a silence and that's wheel. when I said, "Oh, then I better not tell Leslie." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't want her yeah. to bring flowers. Yeah. That's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember we used to joke that. Um, how did the joke start? We always would act like we were always in a lounge. One time we ran into each other in an actual airport and I had the same inappropriate, overexcited, like life-changing <laughs> reaction to Graham. So we would, whatever we would, you know, invite each other onto shows or talk to each other, we'll be like, see you at the airport. Yeah. We'll meet you. Let's have a drink in the lounge. It was before... Um, 
George, way before George Clooney's movie Up came, mm-hmm. was released. But it was like, we joked that we had this. When he was in the, uh, when he went to the island with the balloons. Up, up in the, the air. Whatever. There should be a new mixture yeah. one of Up meets Up in the air. That would be amazing. Cool. George Clooney with balloons. Pixar, George Clooney. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Same, yeah. same thing. <laughs> but, when, you know, he had that sort of... Uh, traveling to traveler affair with Vera Farmiga. That was always yes. the joke was mm. that we were always like yeah. hanging out in, a, oh, in was an a airport joke to you, lounge. Oh, <laughs> shit. Here we go. Yeah, it was the joke. That was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> that is funny because that, that, I love that movie up in the air. It was great. Um, so it's great to see you. And uh, let's just say I have a number in mind. For the, uh, what are the frequent flyer miles? He was always trying yeah, to do yeah. some crazy yes. giant number. Crazy. She's yeah. like, what's with all the points? Yeah. He's like, I gotta, I gotta get this number. And then, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, he always said, I just want to walk, I just want to track, go somewhere mm-hmm. without knowing. Well, and he's just standing in front of that departure board at the end of the movie, and you know, mm-hmm. he's just gonna fly, he's just gonna go whatever. Right. Um, but uh, I also want to talk about, so you have worked in casting, and before we start recording, like, oh man, I, I see a million movies. And I flashed on the time where you were working with Carol Barlow. I love Carol Barlow. Old school. Old school. Carol Barlow cast me in the show Cram, I believe. Of, like She yeah. loved you. She like, was we'd the, bring you in for every single thing. She was the best. She was so cool. And it was that like, it was felt like old school Hollywood, especially like the old game show world was very... She was on the cusp before anything. I remember her once saying, we need a group of girlfriends to come in for a new show. Of course, it turned out to be the whole franchise of Desperate of uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills Housewives of New York Housewives of everything. She was on the cusp of every reality show mm-hmm. before reality shows were even a thing. She was so cool and awesome and never made you. She was just like, oh, let me bring this guy in and that guy. You know, and it was very straightforward. Like, Graham, I tried to get you in, but they didn't, so I couldn't. And I was like, I trust you. I know you're not bullshitting me. When she, she never sugarcoated anything. Nope. In fact, she'd bring me in. She's like, why are you whispering? What's the, what's the fuck's wrong with you? Why are you whispering? I'm like, welcome today on this. She's like, what, what's wrong with you? But she would give you constructive notes while you were auditioning. Very helpful. Not me. Some casting directors are sort of like, it's a they're trying to lever power i'm in charge or something whatever she was always cool and i remember one time i came to read for something it was like in the afternoon and you and carol was like oh let's just go to the movies and the three of us went to the movies you remember that we were at the cinerama dome she just like we played a hooky and we just like the three of us i don't even remember the movie we saw but i remember it was so just like we cut wait a minute i'm I'm remembering that yes She goes, like, you want to go to the movies? Cause yeah, because we were working at the CNN building, I think, at the time. Right down the street. I remember that, but I don't remember what movie. We, we should know what movie that was. That it was is. so fun. And I remember she was just like, Graham, what are you doing? I was like, well, <laughs> I got to drive back to the beach. I mean, it's, I got a 45-minute drive. She goes, well, well, let's wait out traffic. We went to like a 4 o'clock movie. And the three of us just, no one's in the theater. We just watched the movie and giggled like, like high school kids. I that you kid. remember that. It was literally like high school kids that cut class. Mm-hmm. It was the most fun. And I was like, this was so cool. And it, it was just like, that's how I loved Carol. She was so awesome and, and impulsive and such a lover. And she's, I don't know if you know this about her, but she's a huge animal activist and animal lover oh, and wow. an amazing artist. When I had my daughter, she would send me all these amazing handmade cards, handmade glitter pictures and everything for Abigail. And it was, she's such an artist. Yeah. I think she, while she was terrific as director and she loved it, I think at heart, she was like more of a an artistic person like mm-hmm. she could have been like an interior designer or an artistic person is she still casting or what? sure she's still yeah. she's doing like a lot of those a lot of the cable shows for like you know train your dog and this and that she, but yeah. every but every single host in the world game show she casts she's uh, I love Carol Barlow Me that's too. one of my fondest like show business 
memories of just like goofing off. And she was a huge mentor for me, so I'm glad you brought her up because yeah. she's such a giving teacher too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would make you a better. Uh, she was a, a casting director, and she was also. Did she teach acting too? No, what I meant in that way is taught me how to cast and oh, taught okay. me how to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she should have done workshops on how to come in. You know, I know so a funny. lot of casting directors do that too. Well, the whole thing now, it's like classes. kind of illegal yeah. to do that. When actors come in to me, I tell them the 100% truth. And they're like, oh my God, I wish you could do a class where people come in and you really are mean and tell them exactly <laughs> what they need to hear. But something happened where casting people were like charging people and then promising to cast them but not doing that. So oh. it kind of put a wash on all that. But it's a valuable. In Hollywood valuable. that happened? That's weird. In Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody was said, yeah. oh, whoa, Chris, easy. Yeah, something wasn't above board? <laughs> Awkward. So weird. Hmm. Uh, but it's great to see and have you on the show. Let's Thank talk you. some movies. Let's do it. Let's get in. First it. movie, Tolkien or Tolkien. I'm still going to call it Tolkien. <laughs> Lily Collins, right? Uh, yeah. This is um, was a biography of um, the life of J.R.R. Tolkien and how he came to write The Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy and the prequel book, The Hobbit. And uh, before I get into the film, let me uh, read you two pieces of trivia mm-hmm. that uh, might shed some light on um, how this film was perceived. <laughs> The family and the estate wish to make clear that they did not approve of, authorize, or participate in the making of the film. Always a great sign. Always you know you're going to see a great movie. content in any way. This is Finnish director Dome Karukowski's first English language movie. Wow. So that's, let me just set the stage there for this movie. And uh, the one thing I did notice, though, um, because everyone was so angry at the Game of Thrones episode, the Tolkien movie like got a pass on Twitter this weekend. So <laughs> oh, you think nerds would have unloaded? On oh this yeah, yeah. If the Game of Thrones uh, hadn't gotten people so riled up, but you know, I'm watching this movie, and first of all, it's not a good movie. It's it's is it awful, unwatchable? No, it's just not good. And there's a number of reasons for that. First of all, it's a bad biography. Second of all, it gives no insider information into Tolkien or his life. And those are the two main ingredients that you would have needed for a good movie. <laughs> oh, so a biopic should have accurate yeah. information and a good story. What and, was the angle? And uh, yeah, <laughs> Just... the, 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 apparently the angle was, uh, well, let's, um, and this, this made it even worse. The editing was so sloppy. Like mm-hmm. it started like, okay, we're in World War One because we know J.R. Tolkien went into World War One, But then it goes back to his... Um, his younger days, then goes back to his high school and then um, and college. And then, but it shifts back and forth in this horrible um, editing uh, um, sequence that when you're in the trenches and he's mentioning his friends, like he wants to find his friends, you don't know who they are because you haven't seen the scenes where he's actually becoming friends with these people like in high school or college. Continuity. So it, makes, it made no sense. I'm like, well, now there's no way I can even connect with who you're even talking about. And then at the beginning when they show him as a kid, he's got a brother. You never see that brother again oh. in the rest of the movie. Uh, but this is the most egregious fault for this film. And uh, it's always the same kind of PR nonsense that gets put out when a movie puts this out. Everyone involved in this movie were huge Tolkien fans. Really? Well, they didn't understand him at all. So they may have been fans, but they didn't understand him. So uh, you have these images, like in World War I, like you see like sometimes he overlays, the filmmakers overlay the fantasy images of like, okay, horrors of war, but then there's like a shadow, like a dragon in the background or, you know, a black rider, like one of the ring races is, is riding on a horse through this battlefield with all these bodies. I'm like, okay, I get it. But then 
Oh, that should be interesting. So then we'll see every part of Tolkien's life as a writer. He's probably putting that through a lens of creativity where he's interpreting things to help him with his book. Nope. Just the battle scenes. That's it. Because wow. as a writer, clearly nothing else has an impact on your life. No joy. No no happiness. It's only horrific war imagery will inspire your work. That's it. And that misses the point entirely. Tolkien would write pages and pages and pages in describing the beauty of a forest. So there was this entire other side that was completely missed in this biography. Well, also the thing that they're probably missing is if you see the horrors of war, mm -hmm. all wars are awful. World War I was exceptionally horrific yes. because it was trench warfare. Mm -hmm. So what happens to some vets is because they see this horrible war, then they just want to describe... <laughs> the beauty of a, of a mountain, of a meadow. So yeah. they should have mm -hmm. tied those two things together mm -hmm. versus just sort of, uh, that was the thing when the trailer, when I first saw the trailer, I thought, man, this could be good if yeah, they do it correctly. Yeah. But, but then we the asked the same way. question, like, yeah. but it might be mm -hmm. cliche paint by the numbers. You know, and I, t I totally, because I'm such a Tolkien and Lord of the Rings fan, I gave it the benefit of the doubt. And in the back of my mind through this entire film, I was just thinking, man, what if Sam? Uh, what if uh, Peter Jackson had directed this film? How much more interesting! A guy that's a World been. War One historian, Fanatic. yes, mm -hmm. and uh, and and a giant J.R.R. Tolkien Lord of the Rings Hobbit huge fanatic, and right. made I don't know six movies, you know, in in that world. Right. <laughs> well, um, so it was a real disappointment, and it's a shame because it was really a wasted opportunity. It might be one of those movies where. Um, you know, every once in a while, multiple biopics come out of the same person. Like maybe a couple years later, a better Tolkien biopic may come out. I hope so, because this one did not do him justice. It'll get at people all. mad enough that someone will do. Yeah, it. that would be great if this got some filmmaker angry enough to actually like. Well, this is ridiculous. There's no way Peter Jackson movie. hasn't seen this. No, I know, I know, and, and he's rolling his eyes. <laughs> right and, now. and I'm yeah. sure and it's a total lo loyal audience. So it's like you're you're really disappointing a yeah. loyal fan base. And yeah, from a pure, that's what from a financial standpoint, someone has to, a business person. Has to be going if we do this correctly mm -hmm. there's money to be made yeah because yeah. the budget on this was 20 million it only mm -hmm. brought in 2.2 million as mm -hmm. of as of sunday right. may 12th which is like that's making any of the money yeah, back. tanked yeah you tanked with jr tolkien fans that's a that's a huge loss yes that, that mm -hmm. you, there's guaranteed revenue if you do this yeah. correctly how much money did the lord of the rings and hobbit movies oh, make combined on. isn't it in the billions well that's uh, like my yeah. baby daddy if you will had worked for Sid Sheinberg's company who did Jurassic Park and Jaws and everybody mm -hmm. else and they came out with what was going to be like the biggest next horror movie called Creature and it was like a colossal box office failure and it gets to the point where when does it become such a failure that it can be like a cult classic like so yeah. bad that it's good and people love it mm -hmm. sort of like a Rocky Horror type mm -hmm. thing but that's the fine line if you spend 20 million on a movie and only make 2 million what a horrible obvious feedback right, from the yeah. world mm -hmm. there's no way to repackage that on netflix and, and chill <laughs> yeah and, and, i love that you call the father of your child your baby daddy i love him it was really it was really weird too like the the movie just didn't know what to do like it would focus on the weirdest scenes like there were all these like like rugby scenes, because that's what audiences really want to see in a J.R. Tolkien biopic. More rugby. Maybe it's fi fin a Finnish fetish. Yes, it could be. It could be. It's like, you know, any American, no American understands rugby. I mean, it's like, why are they wearing stripes? Are they in prison? 
It makes it's right. It's disappointing too because Nicholas Holt, I think, is a fine actor. He is a fine actor. Yeah. Um, and look at that Callum. It looks like a little nepotism happened there. Yep. Well, so. <laughs> if you're wondering what this weird edit was, in the middle of us talking, Aaron goes, "Oh shit!" Which is never when the <laughs> producer says that, you know something's up. Yeah. Yeah. That's not like, "Oh shit, lunch is here." Yeah. That's never. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking, guys. Grubhub yeah. just knocked yeah, on the yeah. door. <laughs> So Sam Tripoli records his show Punch Drunk Love right before ours, and I guess mm-hmm. one someone mm-hmm. was skyping in mm-hmm. a little late. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're listening to it on a delay, <laughs> or or some J.R. Tolkien fan just heard us. Yeah, this was a furious. I'll find them. I know this is pre-recorded. I know the recording right now. Uh, so it, it, yeah, it was it was a real disappointment. Uh, but like I said, it would have gotten a lot more angry Twitter um, action if Game of Thrones wasn't getting everybody so nuts over the weekend so all right so it was the weird thing that like i really uh i did go in with even expectations because i was trying to like you know i'm a big fan but let me let me just go in see if i'm gonna like it and if it was just it was one of those movies too if it was just okay i would have been satisfied well that was the, not the, the barometer for me mm-hmm. i was maybe gonna see this and i mm-hmm. called you on the phone and you're mm-hmm. like mm, and i was like yeah. well if you say yeah that. yeah exactly <laughs> I, I was gonna ask you guys something mm-hmm. i won't mention it but there was a new release that came out on netflix this week which every woman in my age range would be dying to see and i literally couldn't sit through more than five minutes do you think social media wine country <laughs> Do you think social media and stuff has gotten us so ADD that we can't sit through movies we would normally have easily sat through and enjoyed? Or do you think that we're just getting pickier as our tastes get more... No, I think Netflix just greenlights horrible movies. Okay, did you what? No. <laughs> I tried. Oh, my God. I tried. How- I, I tried because I went, oh, I love these women are hilarious. Me too. And I'm such a woman comedy lady. I was like literally so excited during the day. I sat down with my dog, Larry. I had my mm. Jersey mics. I was like, yes. And I just, I had to five minutes in. It really, I was... Because I was like, man, I love Amy Poehler. I love... The, yeah, we know the people in the movie. Yeah, yeah, they're all they're, great. They're all fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're hilarious comics. They're great comedy writers. And mm-hmm. this just... I think to answer that question, because there's so many content options, what is... You have to make really good stuff. So we're all kind of spoiled. It's not like 20-some years ago where all we had was network TV and HBO. Those were, our, those were those yeah. were only mm-hmm. options. It's almost like diluting everything so much, and and a when, giant VCR that weighed eighty pounds. Right. Yeah, and I almost felt because I'm a casting director, just the casting was lazy. So it's like it could have worked if the casting was right. Like it was so obvious they had written a part for Melissa McCarthy, and then somebody else had taken the part, and it was just an interesting watching someone try to do someone else. I I felt like I was such the film critic at that moment, <laughs> but I think you're right because. It can get made so easily. I figure, like, if one of the names in the movie throws an idea at Netflix, they'll be like, make it. Yeah, here's yeah, the yeah. money, go. Oh, no, you um, you have a giant social media following. You have, you've been on 100 TV shows. I don't care what it is. We'll fund it, and uh, we'll put it on here as an exclusive. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, that's net. We've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. it, but it's relevant to this conversation, which yes. is so Netflix, because they've, they've, like, all the Marvel shows got bought up because Disney is doing its own streaming service. Right. This is Netflix has been ramping, they've been doing this intentionally because they've lo- licensing has pulled off all of this content. So and they're it's like, been a gradual thing. Like, yeah. first it was stars, then it, now it's Disney, but like, they're slowly, um, these licensing deals are going away. And uh, what's happening too is like you said, they're they're basically culling their their inventory as far as like shows that they acquire because they want you to just watch the stuff that they own. Yeah, and I so, know, and also Anthony's also working on a current Mar Vista thing for Netflix too, where mm-hmm. these old school 
production companies that would normally be making these small independent things that would go to the festivals and stuff are now going directly to Netflix. So you're getting sort of, I, I don't want to say, you know, popcorn movies, but movies that they don't have to be too innovative or different. They're just very formulaic, but it works because when you're watching Netflix, that's what you want, sort of. Well, it's the mm -hmm. old school, the, what they're doing is the, remember when you would go to the, the blockbuster or whatever and go, we can watch this award-winning thing, or do we just want to watch something silly and order pizza? And, mm -hmm. 100%. And, and so Netflix is making, and there's plenty of content on there where I, I go, eh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this will be fine. Someone will. Although, if we want to talk about Dead to Me, that's amazing. amazing. I love Dead to Me. Amazing. Oh. But that's not different, a movie. Different department. Different department. Yeah. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I just but, had to yeah. give Liz Feldman mm -hmm. a shout out because I'm so not easily pleased and I was very pleased. But that's a great point. I think it goes back to your earlier question of that show, so well written. I'm laughing out loud and crying in every episode. The acting, the directing, everything. Everything is so spot on. And they give the characters, they're three dimensional. This no one is the bad person or the good person. Everyone's like human, flawed, and they do a great job of slowly revealing stuff. I don't want to spoil it, but but it's worth talking about because that's Netflix is just like we got to put It's like both ends of the spectrum. That's like the reason why Netflix it's should not. work and the other is the reason why Netflix works, <laughs> right? Like so you have to almost have the I don't want to use the word filler, but the stuff that fills for the opportunity to have the Russian dollar, the mm -hmm. dead to me kind of things. Isn't Susie Nakamura on that show? Yeah, she's, she's got a couple. She's in a couple mm -hmm. episodes. Oh, oh, of dead to me, mm -hmm. the neighbor. Yeah, she's yeah. so funny. She's the <laughs> casserole, her Mexican casserole. Mm -hmm. She was. That's the kind of show too. It's been a long time. I don't want to get off topic. Where there are moments in the show where you can't wait to discuss them, almost as if the show could be like a college course for filmmaking or TV making, mm -hmm. because there's these nuances. That if you're into it and you're getting every time, like he says, I'm sorry. She's like, that's okay. Like when he's being abusive, Marsden's being abusive of her. Like I thought I'd be the only one to notice these things. But then when I got on my little chats with friends who love it, it's just great. I was watching it alone and I was wishing there were, I'm glad you're alive. Because I, I was like, who else? I, I got to know who's watching this because I'm glad you're, because I was like, I need to talk to someone about this. Because I was like, God, that's little funny things like um, her partner at the real estate Love him. And and again. And he it, was nuanced, very not cliche. Though because he could have been over the top gay work buddy. Yep. Who'd have been girlfriend. You know, he could have been what that about the mom of, of her. The husband. mom ah, so, so good. good. <laughs> so loving. Well now I want to see the oh show. My God. I haven't seen it yet. But the mom. The mom. And the son. The whole thing. The son. And everyone. And avoid wine country. Is what <laughs> yes. Well, no. And I will. Let's, to, to honor and to support wine country, obviously a female ensemble piece is something that I promote and would want, really want. But it has to be new and innovative. It can't be little pieces from every movie that we love put together. That's the mm -hmm. only thing. I'm not saying it was, but I would honestly speak about any film because I love film critique and the whole <laughs> thing. But it was... Well, we're going to put that to the test in this next too, movie. It felt a little too too rushed. That's the feeling. It felt like it was yeah. like, you got to yeah. do this by September 1st. It's like, oh, Melissa well, McCarthy couldn't do it. Tina Fey will play this and this. And these are all strong, idealizing women that I idolize. That's but probably you're going, what happened. Yeah. That's probably what happened. Had it was up against a deadline. We're yeah. shooting this in Northern, and we got four yeah. weeks to shoot it. Yeah. These big, because they're all big name people yeah. now. I mean, my Rudolph, I would die for. I mean, like people that were in Bridesmaids, my favorite movie, and you would just love it. It was a, it was a feeling, and I'll say this, because why not? that it was everybody was sort of acting like a pre-existing character you've seen mm -hmm. before that has succeeded mm -hmm. instead of creating an innovative new kind mm -hmm. of character. But I think with the talent that was attached, it could have been amazing. Right. But I have to get it It's a, a problem that can happen. We've talked about this a lot on shows and this I think is, is a 
challenge of any successful comedian or comedic actor. They get famous doing that thing. And then it's like, just keep doing that thing. And it's like, well, then we fall into repeating the, I mean, every comedic actor that had a couple of like, that movie's amazing. Yeah. There's a bunch that follow where it's like, they're just doing the same. Whether it's our greats like Will Ferrell or whether, anyone. which by the way, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see. The, I know you guys have heard about this, the live on the family and the Jeffersons. It's going to be live on, on network <laughs> TV. I'm so, yeah. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But I think you're hundred percent right. But then you think of alternate films they did. It was just the quality or the script or it's so fascinating to think what makes the film amazing, the director, the acting, the script or whatever, because it doesn't always work. And it's so, when it all comes together. Yeah. All those it's elements. The, and yeah, it's, Speaking of it all, all right, coming let's together, get, yeah. let's try to get back uh, Sorry. to the movies. Love you guys. Uh, this uh, is the best yeah. date I've ever... Wait, we're not on date. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Leslie, you saw Ugly Dolls. Yes. Um, now, I'm going to assume not of your own free will. You <laughs> what if I just went by myself? That yeah. <laughs> no, I have a four-year-old, and she is mm. a movie buff to the point of every time she sees the billboard, she says, mm. Ugly Dolls, May, May, like now she's mm. like, Pets too, May 25th. She's like mm-hmm. uh, the perfect example of why advertising <laughs> kills young children. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she insisted on going to see Ugly Dolls, and I okay. actually, true story, back in the day, there used to be a little store on Sautel uh, called Giant Robot and they would sell these ugly dolls and they were so yeah. cute and I've had one forever. I, I'm a huge ugly doll fan so yeah, it's like okay. I was excited we, to we've see We've had it. ugly dolls in our house, absolutely. They're Good great because I love the fact that they were imperfect which of yeah. course is the film. Some of them have like tentacles or one eye or yeah, they and were super cool. soft and felt. Yeah. I mm-hmm. love them. I actually had a blue one that I had forever I wouldn't let go of it and then I Well, I find it fascinating it. that you know even in the trailer the one thing about ugly dolls is that they in the movie they're all cute so there's, it's right in the title, Ugly Dolls, and they got that wrong right off the bat. What do you mean? Like, uh, like the design of like the dolls. No, they were I'll actually be honest, much nicer. the actual Ugly Dolls were never that ugly. The Ugly Dolls were always sort of um, a hodgepodge of odds and ends, almost like a button for an eye and an apron right. for it. But they were never mm-hmm. scary or ugly. Mm-hmm. But I do believe they were, you know, cutified only because they were animated. Right. But there were some ugly ones, like even like the little, the bat, the actor who played the bat was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, think they didn't want to make them too ugly to scare the kids because the kids do get scared. Well, this is uh, my favorite piece of trivia for the movie. Please. Most of the voice cast of this film are music artists, some yes. of which have had no major acting experience. Yeah, yes. Pitbull, Ice-T, <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. But guess what? I recognize that when you hear Pitbull's voice, it's so recognizable. You right. are already infused with an emotion that you don't he doesn't have to earn mm-hmm. so i thought it was i thought kelly clarkson was terrific she actually i noted that she used a lower register for a female voice most disney princesses or female leads are kind of these high voices mm-hmm. she maintained her low kelly clarkson mm-hmm. voice and she was fantastic but i think i mean blake shelton who i love stole the show i mean ah. he was he played the mayor and he mm-hmm. was so cute and he was never even promoted like he's not even it was always kelly clarkson and ugly dolls mm-hmm. but blake shelton is such a draw Maybe it was in his contract. How'd your daughter like it? She loved it. Mm-hmm. She loved the music. The minute we got in the car, we had to turn on Pandora, Ugly Dolls. <laughs> Soundtrack. It, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, if you want to see Cookie Cutter Howl, kids. <laughs> it, it, she loved it. What I loved, it was such a parable or a, par- what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, parable? Not, maybe parable, but parallel and parable to Hollywood and to life about the need to feel perfect to fit in or to be worthy of having right. love. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing was, the, the Kelly Clarkson, the main character, she just wanted to have a person. You know, mm-hmm. every doll wants a person, just like anything else. But like, is she worthy? And are these ugly misfits down to like the conveyor belt with like perfect, 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 ugly picked out? Mm-hmm. Perfect, 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 ugly it was like a casting session. Um, <laughs> but it, it was 
not too on the nose. Like, of course, it was a great message saying you can be you and be the star mm. that you are and, and we can all live together in harmony and everything. But it really, I think for kids today, it's an important message to not conform to be perfect mm. or to fit in and that the people that you think you're trying to be like are not who you want to be like at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, it wasn't cheesy. Really? I got to be honest. As a parent, it wasn't. It didn't reel well, me in. Well, we see a lot of kids' movies. So, a lot. No. I want to hear what else you've seen. I've seen. Oh, my all-time favorite one of I think was good for parents and kids was Spider-Man. It was amazing mm-hmm. and I and thoroughly entertained me. None of the others really entertained me. I got to be honest. I'm kind of secretly on my phone halfway through. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was extremely enjoyable. And if you're a parent with a young kid, worth going to because it wasn't. Although what the f. Every preview before a kid's movie is the scariest fucking preview I've ever seen. And my daughter almost like wants to go home uh, because those previews are so scary. But God only knows. Now, so you found this not as contrived and insulting to children as the trailer made it out to be? It really wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't innovative, new or different, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. It wasn't as horrible as. Barfy. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Barfy's like, a good well, adjective. Yeah. Non-Barfy. <laughs> but what was funny that my daughter insisted on going to recently. This is a very, very funny story. Do, 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 do. I can't even remember the movie, but she insisted we go at the Grove. She insisted I buy her popcorn and candy and everything at the concessions. Then when we got to the thing, the, the previews were too loud and scary. She refused to go in. And I think I'm the first mother in history to return concessions to the concession stand. I was so pissed. I'm like, you're taking this back. My kid won't go in the movie. It wasn't their fault, but I did it. <laughs> So now, are, are you guys going to see Ugly Dolls? <laughs> nah, <laughs> no. I tried to avoid it, yeah. but uh, now luckily my kids are older. My youngest one is ten, so I was able to dodge that. Bullet. Had they been really? younger, they probably would have clamored to see. This yeah, yeah, that, especially my daughter. If my daughter was four or five, this would have been. I but guess. something like Pets too, which is coming out as she's told me twenty thousand times, May twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. That looks fun and something I can watch. And when I'm on Netflix, speaking of Netflix, there is some kids stuff that is like the new Recess movie, which a show mm-hmm. I used to write on actually, was really smart and well-written. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. It's either schlocky, right. kid-oriented, or it's something everybody can enjoy. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. Next, let's talk about this documentary you uh, saw, Graham, called Let Them Play. Let Them Play. So it's about this uh, little league game that took place in, in Florida in 1955. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> they really, it was between a, an all-black team and an all-white team. And the movie, the story is told through interviews of these men today. These men are in their 70s because they were, whatever, 12 when the game took place in 1955. So, um, you know, 62 years later, they're, they're talking about it. And there's only six or seven guys from each team alive. So... It, it is, it's a fascinating, it's a beautiful doc. It is shot well, and they do this great thing. They use like really tight close-ups. So you're seeing all of the emotions come forward um, through men who are of an era where, you know, men don't, so they're trying to hold back their emotions, but you're seeing them. The filmmaker mm-hmm. did a great job of like, and so here's the story basically is, there was this um, uh, all-black team out of Pensacola, I believe, that won their their region or whatever, and they wanted to compete, and they were moving up in the playoffs. So the way the little league—you win your city, you win your re- your your state, and then you win your region, and then if you win your region, you get to go to the little league World Series. So that had already been set up, in and in the fifties, baseball was king. Everyone played baseball. 
So the Major League Baseball had already been integrated. Jackie Robinson, there was a bunch of guys that were already playing in the major leagues because I think Jackie got in in the late 40s. Um, 47. 47. Okay, great. Thank you, Aaron. Um, <laughs> so Major League Baseball had already been integrated for seven, eight years. Right. But this is the South in the 50s. And there was a bunch of white teams that forfeited. Or now. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a point that they bring up. They interview mm -hmm. Andrew Young, who says, because some, some of the guys say, the, the older white guys are like, wow, things today are worse than they've ever been. And it's like, no, you white guy are just seeing the awful stuff we've been seeing for decades. Like it's now, <laughs> you're seeing it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so, what, so what happened was, there were teams that were forfeiting because they didn't want to play the black team. Right. And there was one team that said, no, we want to play him. One of the coaches, the assistant coaches said, I'm not, and he left. But the head coach goes, no, man, we're playing baseball. Did, did they have a lot of archival footage about, of this game? No. They didn't. They had no footage. Mm -hmm. They had photos. Okay. They had newspaper clippings. That's mm -hmm. it. So you really had to tell the story through these men talking today. Wow, that's hard for Doc because that means it's like not even visually dynamic because it's there's not a lot of action uh, mo and motion in it. So the motion you're that's like baseball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but people who love baseball will watch anything baseball yeah. related. Anything baseball yeah. related. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Same with Anthony, yeah. He has like a book All of right. baseball trivia. I just open it up and give him, and he, it's like All right, so maybe no harm. I'm done. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> but the way, but again, Sorry. but you, you you bring up a good point. The way the filmmaker did it was the close-ups, mm -hmm. and then showing like they they would cut back to black and white footage of like I'm the I'm you know white guy McGillicuddy, commissioner of Little League Baseball, and young, our young boys. You know, like they go to those '50s things, and then mm -hmm. they intercut the civil rights movement from the '50s. You know, up to today, they intercut stuff like that because that's a big storyline is where are we at today? And um, they did, the filmmaker did a great job. They talked, they interviewed the white guys. What was it like in the 50s for you? Oh, it was great. We'd run our bikes around and we didn't have to worry. Our moms had just let us play and we had a great time. It was just an idyllic childhood. It was the 50s in America. The black players, well, we couldn't go over here. This guy got lynched. The cop shot that guy. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, wow. Are they talking about the same time period? Yeah. <laughs> um, and you... and you. Well, I mean, that ties into, interestingly enough, neighborhoods, public schools, mm -hmm. where you get to go, being put grouped with like people, quote unquote, uh, in terms of your status and everything else. So all those socioeconomic things play into all of this too. And that's why it would have been better if it was like, each team had a mixed group, but the neighborhoods weren't mixed, so there couldn't be any mixed group. So it was by quadrant of the neighborhood. And that's not too dissimilar than from today, to, to be that's honest. That's still happening today. It's, there's, and they, they talk about, look, a lot of improvements have been made. There's still, there's still more ways to go. Um, Andrew, and, and they talked about, like, God, these two older men, one black, one white, are talking about both of them, the first time they shook the hand of someone from the other race was when they were in the military. Wow. They both shared the same story. And they were like, these two men in their 70s were sitting at a diner having this conversation. And it's there's some stuff in there. And the ending is just there's a there's a there's a spontaneous thing that happens at the end that I don't want to spoil that's fantastic. Oh, cool. Um, they get all, all the guys together to, you know, really good. And, and they talk about the game and all of this stuff. 
And, you know, it, it's really, it's a really important and beautiful story because it really shows the like, when everyone's segregated, their ideas of the other groups are and I, I know this from my own personal experience of like growing up in Madison, Wisconsin, which was primarily white liberals, and then moving to Evanston, Illinois, where my junior high was 60% black, right? And my high school was 40% black. And so I was, and I saw then when I, I remember when I got, I, so I had this, my, my teen formative years were very integrated. I was on the football team. We were freestyle rapping on the bus ride home. I was listening to rap and house music in the eighties before it became mainstream for white kids. And so I would then meet white people that grew up in all white areas or black people that grew up in all black areas. And their views were so off because they just had this insulated, skewed, thing and I was like wow and I've talked to like buddies of mine that I grew up with I played high school football with and and we've we've sh we've talked about this leaving Evanston and going out in the world and they're like that's all it is it's like whenever you leave your hometown like the world just opens up the world opens up mm -hmm. and and that's true with anything you take a group of people and put them in a town where everyone's basically the same same goes to the same religion, the same whatever it is. Same school. Same, same school. Yeah. I don't care. I don't even want to tell you guys the meltdown I had when I went to try to get Abby into her our neighborhood public school and the whole drama of the whole thing. I had like a total white privilege breakdown where I was like, I want my daughter to be around a, a dynamic, eclectic, diverse group. But it's such a constant struggle because there are just so many variables with with reasons different schools have different numbers different academics different this and and it's zoning uh, too totally I mean, but a lot but it's but we like to think and i don't want to have too much of a <laughs> talk about race you know uh, not intelligent not speak intelligently but i will say i'm actually on the daily shocked about how little has changed and how we even in the casting world the, i am literally shocked by the hilarity of the what is trying to be ethnic diversity or ethnic equality has turned into something ridiculously you can't even just be in a same ethnicity relationship it has to be two people from different ethnicities <laughs> connecting and each person has to be half of one of uh, ethnicity one of the other to where it's an overcompensation uh in terms of advertising in terms of casting and it all ties into everything. It's mm -hmm. all so fascinating. And it's what rep representation in docs, in TV, in comedy, in academia. Well, it's thing, fascinating. The thing about diversity is that, especially in a creative medium, you can't force it. Like uh, one of the, the mistakes that Hollywood makes is, all right, well, we've got this script. All right, we'll just, you know, get me one of each. Like they do something stupid. Like it doesn't even matter. Like the casting is like almost randomly diverse. So where Always. The, the diversity has to start with the story and the script. Like if the script and story calls for diversity, then you cast per the story. Like and then every it's black lead more... has a wacky white best friend and every right. white lead has a wacky yeah. ethnic yeah. best friend. It's, it's like, it's insane. Does nobody have any yeah. friends in their own yeah. and, uh, You know, the, the whole thing of like whitewashing is like, well, yeah, if this is like an Asian role, then we're just going to make it white. Well, that's ridiculous. And uh, it, and it's the, the same thing as like, all right, well, we have, you know, this white lead from a town in Ohio. Let's, um, you know, let's make them Asian or whatever. I'm like, well, no, you, you start with the story. 
write it from an Asian perspective and then cast the lead But it's gotten to be the point so ridiculous that you're right. It goes against the actual story yeah. of the person's turmoil of fighting something yeah. and then they're not the person fighting it. Right. It's so fascinating. It really is And funny. then it smells false when you see it. And that's the problem, too. It's, uh, you know, all diversity starts at the story level and then it should grow and get from there. Agreed. It's such a great point. And they interview Andrew Young and he talks about this... Uh, experiment that they I can't remember what, what they, in the context with which this was done but this is what happened is he goes I, I got I don't know it was like uh, 10 white people 10 black people and, and paired them up you have to pair up with someone that's not your ethnicity mm-hmm. and I want each person to talk about a story where they were scared of the other race and then each person tells one of those stories. And then I want each person to tell a story where there was a positive, joyous thing from the other race. And he goes, within 10 minutes, everybody was talking. It was like 10 people who were like, nope, don't like the other group, don't trust (laughs) them, whatever, for whatever reason. Mm And they all gave personal stories. Well, it's funny you say that because you know I teach stand-up comedy. I have been for 20 Mm -hmm. years or however. I mean, I'm only 20, so a couple years. (laughs) (laughs) And... I will tell you something. It's so amazing in my class when people have breakthroughs or people talk about things with race. Right now, I actually gave a scholarship class to a homeless girl who lives on Skid Row, and she is so fucking funny, and she's so amazing, and she's talking about her organized living and sharing the kitchen and all this stuff that we have no idea what it's like to live Mm -hmm. like that, and she's finding the humor in it, and I felt so grateful that she was sharing it because exactly what you're saying, Graham, so much fear is based on not knowing and or not having the knowledge or or uh, pre-assumptions and things like that. But in my class, so much about race comes up because for comedy and for telling the truth, race is a huge, funny, you know, ethnic mm-hmm. thing to exploit, like your ethnicity and things like that. But it's fascinating. No, this documentary goes into all that because they were all realizing this was more than just a baseball game. Mm-hmm. Um, and reflecting on it now as older men and reflecting on where the world's at and they recognize there have been some changes but there needs to be a lot more and to hear their different points of view and you sort of see, you know, they show one of the white guys watching the news and he's like, oh, you know, and he's got this one side because the media does not help the situation at all in my opinion and so to have them actually talking, because again, if you're just on your couch watching the news and this person represents that group and this group, you're not talking to a person. You're hearing a pundit or whatever. Sound bites. Sound bites or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever angle that news mm-hmm. channel is mm-hmm. trying to push. Mm-hmm. And so to see these guys get together and talk and play baseball, it was really like, it, it was really... It was, it's, it's a really powerful doc. You don't have to be a baseball fan to like mm-hmm. this doc. If you are, you're going to love it even more. But like right. it, it, it shows you, uh, and they interview some, some major league ball players, you know, mm-hmm. Gary Sheffield and Cal Ripken Jr. and Davey Lopez, I think. Um, and they talk about baseball and, and all of that. And when they played and, so it was really it's it's a it's a beautiful doc. It's mm-hmm. a it's it's well shot. It's well made. And where where is it? It's on Netflix. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. So one of these amazing Netflix docs. Netflix docs are, I watch like almost a couple a week. Yep, check them out. All right. So I saw Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Wow. That's probably okay. next on our list. You know what's interesting <laughs> is, uh, you would think with a movie like Pokemon Detective Pikachu and a biography on Tolkien. 
you it would be pretty obvious which one would be good and which one would be bad. <laughs> However, this weekend surprised me, and uh, you know, as Tolkien was just not good. Detective Pikachu was a good kids movie. It was really fun. It was bright. It was colorful. And it's Ryan Reynolds, right? And, it's, it's, and Ryan Reynolds is basically playing a kid Deadpool in Pikachu's body. So he's so, just cracking wise and yeah, it works. Yeah, exactly. And it's a, like a kid version of, uh, of Deadpool pretty much. If their promotion was so, any indication, they promoted that movie. It was on every bus, every billboard, yeah, every, yeah, no every 7-Eleven. Well, the thing that you know we don't realize, too, is um, Pokemon is this giant, giant, giant worldwide franchise with millions and millions of copies of every game sold so there is a very large built-in audience for this already but it's a video game movie so that's you know clearly um, video game movies do not have a very good track record when translating to the big screen and this is one of those exceptions where it was like okay well let's just take the characters put them in an interesting um setting like a a city that instead of the pokemon were always trainers and fighting like they would live side by side with humans so everywhere there's pokemon and people and walking around and the effects are really good who was the director because it looked really cool even the neon in the in the pictures Uh, yeah it was really good uh uh aaron can you uh, pull up the name of the director um so it was really really well put together and you could tell a lot of actual money went into this movie too because it looked uh beautiful and even to the point where the realistic style of the Pokemon, because basically they're cartoonish, but in the movie they look three-dimensional and, and real, um, they found an artist online um, where they were looking, the production designer was looking through the internet for realistic Pokemon designs and found this guy, R.J. Palmer's work. He gave him a job as a concept artist for the movie. So he actually got hired off his uh, um, fan, fan art, you know, uh, Pokemon work. Um, This is my favorite piece of trivia on this movie, though. The day before the film's theatrical release, the entire movie was leaked onto YouTube. In reality, clicking this video would play a minute of the film before cutting to a loop of Pikachu dancing for an hour and 40 minutes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Amazing. So they leaked their own uh, movie. So it was was really... Um, now I can't say it's a family movie. It's definitely square in the uh, in the kids movie category for sure, uh, because it's the kind of thing where if you don't have kids, there's no reason for you to go see this. I mean, it's, <laughs> but it's one of those kids movies that are like, all right, well, this doesn't make me want to hang myself halfway through. So that's that's uh, how I felt about Christopher yeah. Robin. I saw yeah, it twelve yeah, times. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> so that's without <laughs> Abby. <laughs> and I was uh, I was very proud of my son as uh, we're watching it. And they they go into like as you know in the trailer the the father of the of the kid is like disappears and they think he's dead so they're searching his apartment and on the TV is this old gangster movie and uh, my son he's ten he turns to me and goes that's the same movie that was playing in the Home Alone movie and he it was, was an right I looked yeah. it up wow. yeah <laughs> it was Angels with Filthy Souls Mancini. yeah. A movie within a movie, which fe- was featured in the original 1990 Home Alone film. I said, son, you might be able to have a movie podcast of your own someday. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great get. We get a great find. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to have him do the spoiler so, for uh, Detective Pikachu. Let me ask you this. So, yeah. Leslie, is this a movie you are going to take your daughter to mm-hmm. or not? Is it a little older for her or... Um, she has expressed interest, but not the same way. She's four, so she's right still below. She right. liked Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and that was kind of edgy. Like, mm-hmm. it had yeah. some scary parts. When this definitely is, is no, is, is less violent. There are some couple, like, 
you know, PG violence parts to it, but nothing like no, but there are like jokes that are for older kids. Not really, no. <laughs> you're making me laugh because if you ask me mm-hmm. what I watch while Abby's in the room at home, it's all like Dr. Phil drunk <laughs> dateline, all the schlocky stuff. Yeah. Like, like, so and she's, she, she's heard a fair amount already. To pretend I could only put her in front of like child friendly stuff would be a joke, but yes. <laughs> she. <laughs> She, I think we'll go see it if you recommend it. I think it yeah. looked stylized and cool, and I love a yeah. good visual movie. Sometimes I'll go just because yeah. it it's stylized. And Ryan Reynolds really is the heart of that movie. And like I love if him. He, if he wasn't cast in this movie, you'd be like, no, eh, it was okay. Like, he kind of elevates it. I kind of, mm. when you saying that, I was like, good, I don't need to rush out to the theater. But when mm. I am on a plane six months from now, yeah. I'm, this is going to get me mm-hmm. across the country. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know Ryan Reynolds and you know Deadpool. You're going to watch this movie and kind of get it. I'll laugh. Yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. I will. And also, mm-hmm. my daughter's a tomboy. She loves like mm-hmm. action stuff. So mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, so if you have kids, check it out. Yay. All right, guys, look at that. All right, we have some Patreon sponsors. Well, coming. what do they mm-hmm. have to say, Chris? Yeah, Johnny <laughs> Rulon, he's promoting his novel, Green Johnny Rulon. A Junkie's Guide to Street Magic. It's available on Amazon, oh, cool. both digital form and hard copy. It's an experimental stream of consciousness novel which follows the exploits of the news Calliope and her mortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden places of a supernatural America. Check out happyhorrorshowproductions.com. That's happyhorrorshowproductions.com. And Fanboy Planet's a website and podcast for all things geeky and amazing. Check it out for your comics news, movie news, TV news, and amazing interviews with industry insiders and artists. Check out fanboyplanet.com. And from Chris Parker Howard, Coffee for Suicide is a dramedy podcast about mental illness and choosing life over death one cup of coffee at a time. Mm. New episodes every Friday wherever podcasts are found. Find out more at coffeeoversuicide.com. And Alice Frazier, co-host of The Bugle Podcast and Tea with Alice, brings you a series of three genre-bending solo stand-up shows that explore the boundary between comedy and tragedy. They were recorded back-to-back as a three-hour show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in April uh, with a binaural microphone. And that creates a really cool, intense, immersive listening experience. Check out alicefraser.com with an S, alicefraser.com. And, Re- and Rebecca Evans, the art podcast. I did get your new copy. Uh, I just forgot to copy it over this time. So I will uh, add it the next week. When we move past hesitation, we're true to ourselves. We find our own art in life. Check out the art podcasts. Uh, dot com that is with an s the art podcast.com and you can check out the uh greg barron episode so he is on i love uh, him he's struggling with some yep. health issues yep yeah. comic hey, author and musician I, I just noticed something can i make one little plug sure Please. i just saw that felipe is on the wall over there i just did a little movie with him the new Polly shore movie called guest house the movie so Ooh. people should check that out too all right see leslie and felipe esparza in guest house the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, Graham, we have some trailers now. Well, yes. the Hustle trailer? The Hustle, this let's the check it out. You want, let's watch this, the Hustle yeah, trailer. Oh, a lot of moms want to go see this as a mom's night out. Oh, this mom movie. This looks like a Dirty Rotten <laughs> Scoundrels remake. Uh, I was looking through the credits to see, well, there's got to be a credit for Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Nope. Really? But it looks exactly like Interesting. Mm-hmm. Only lady. Mm-hmm. Dirty Rotten Lady Scoundrels. Yep. Some lawyer in a licensing department was asleep. I'll just get a glass of water, please. I have to get a glass of water, please. I have to save all my money because I'm here to find my sister. She's been taken. Taken? Like? Like by men who sell hot white virgins to kajillionaires on yachts. I am very moved by your story. Order anything you like. I'll have a club sandwich and an order of fries. Two slices of cake. (laughs) Do you want any cake? No. Three slices of cake and a Diet Coke. Impressive. I'm a con artist. Sisters in arms. I had no 
idea how small time I was until I met you. Penny. Why are women better suited to the calm than men? Because we're used to faking it. Set. Wow, that looks like the exact same shot from Dirty Ryan's I like it because it's shiny. I could be the partner you never knew you needed. Teach me your sugar baby ways. Take this to the guest room, butlery person. <laughs> First lesson, there's nothing more compelling to a man than a vulnerable woman. Observe. Wow, you can just tear up like that. Can you make the tear roll down your cheek? Oh, oh. Now you try. Are you constipated? Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be like me, you must be trained. Right. For dirty, any rotten, fair, my fair lady. Yeah. <laughs> She's ready. He's a tech millionaire. Billionaire, I bet. Try to be as inconspicuous as possible. Yep. This is the same here. plot line from Dirty Rotten Scandals. They then they, mind, they have a competition sir? over who's gonna hustle the most money. Yeah. Men always. We'll see it right before this movie comes out of an injunction. Uh, suddenly appears before a credit comes out. You let her get away. She dressed him, did it again. Release the peasants! She must mean pheasants, yeah? Don't worry, darling, he's a terrible shot. <laughs> that was unexpected. God. Oh, They're giving Rabbit. Dirty Rotten, it has to be it the same. Be. They have yeah. to be the yeah. same yeah. writers. It's a, re it's a remake, technically. Yeah, it, it has, has to be. be. Yeah, IMDb hasn't caught up with the credits yet. So uh, <laughs> it's certainly not in the title. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, by the way, this next trailer is one of the creepiest trailers I've ever seen. Oh, goody. That first one is the second creepiest. So, <laughs> so which one? No, not the trailer breakdown. So... Just it, chapter two, official, no, not reaction. Oh, Just why did these come up first? Teaser trailer? Is yeah, that... that's it. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, I'll help you. I used to live here. Won't you come in? It's the least I can do. Is Better. it like you remember? Cleaner. Well, you feel free to look around while I get the water boiling. Your hair is winter fire. January embers. <laughs> I just got to, oh my god <laughs> the hair just went up on the I back of my apologize. neck I do apologize it gets so very hot here this time of year it's fine when you feel like you could just about die <laughs> but you know what they say about Derry hmm. no one who dies here ever really dies creepy oh fuck Oh, God. Look at the eyes. But tell me, how is it being back in Derry? It's good. Strange. Strange? 
Oh, my. I had some cookies in the oven before you came. Stay right there. I shouldn't impose. I'm going to... No, 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 no. I insist. Your photos are lovely, Miss Kirsch. Are these your family? My father came to this country with $14 in his pocket. What did he do, Mrs. Kirsch? My father joined the circus. Oh God! I was always Daddy's. So she's a girl. ghost, right? What about you? Or she's that creepy clown. Are you still his little girl, Beverly? Are you? Oh fuck! Oh God! Oh God! Oh, is that my hater now? It's me. The Losers Club has officially begun. We can do this, but we have to stick together. so great yeah. <laughs> that that is the best horror trailer yeah. i've one of the best ones i've ever seen in yeah my life. me too it's they got it so right from pacing to creepiness to just you know doesn't give the whole movie away i can't wait to see this movie and also can we all three go please yeah. <laughs> i can't see it alone yeah. i'm gonna tell you that right now it needs i need to see it during the day that would be yeah. a fun <laughs> mystery science theater where comics commented on it as they watched it that'd be amazing the other thing i love about that is it's clearly it's not like, oh, the first one was a success, so they're just sort of rehashing the same plot line. Mm-hmm. This looks like it's well, the thing. But they the end- casting for a horror movie is amazing. Yeah, Chastain, yeah, yeah. Phil Hader, like what? Well, it's the second half of the book. This is one of those rare occasions where it's like, well, no, there's a whole second half. When of the, the book kids get older, yeah, and they, yeah. they, they, so it's not like they're just, oh, well, the first one's success. Let's just make up the second half. No, there's actually a template yeah. for the second half. Where I was surfing mm-hmm. this morning, where I ran into Murray Valeriano. Hey, Murray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out, Murray. There's a drain pipe, and someone spray painted last year free candy. Oh my god! Like it's a drain pipe you can crawl into, and someone wrote "free candy" here with an arrow, and I was like, "Oh, oh my god, that's fantastic!" <laughs> so that's either a, an, an it fan that's also a surfer, or that's the best street team marketing you can ever get. <laughs> oh my god, scary! All right, I'm gonna see this, but mm. I'm already terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like going to horror movies. I mm. loved it. Mm-hmm. This, this looks great. See, I like yeah. paranormal scary movies, not right. horror movies. Like, right. I'll, I'll see a horror movie, but I love a good paranormal. Mm-hmm. Like, where's the, why I'm isn't the, the paranormal way. activity yeah. guy? I have another yes. one coming out. Why mm-hmm. doesn't he? How many have there been so far? So many. Like, yeah. I like, the thing I loved about it was, again, I'm, I'm similar to you, Leslie. Like, the horror slasher, like, that I don't, yeah. I don't, torture, I don't Murder need to see porn. that. Murder porn, yeah, I don't like <laughs> But Murder just porn. creepy, <laughs> that creepy clown, drank some candy, <laughs> like, oh, God, it was yeah. so. There was one that came out a couple months ago, I'm sure you know the name. It was like a Spanish name is like La Vianda or something. Oh, La Llorona. Wait, yeah. yeah. La, well, that looked good, but nobody talked about it. Well, that I'm, I'm curious to know. Because Came and went pretty fast. That, yeah. That's yeah. based on an actual... Um, fable or something. Fable. It's a thing they tell mm-hmm. young Latino kids, like, watch out, La Llorona is going to come get you if you yeah. don't. Like, it's this woman that comes and steals children. Do you think lo- if it was t- differently titled, it would have gotten more success or nah? I think titles have so much to do with whether people see something. It could be, but I think it also has to do with 
the I think the Latino community went to go see it because okay. it's that's my guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because the like kid, the kid I'm a big brother to Francisco, right? They're Latino. He's like, oh yeah, we're gonna go see that. And he told me the whole La Llorona story. He's like, my grandmother used to say it. Went, Watch out, La Llorona. Oh, okay. So I was like, okay, maybe that's maybe it did well. And it might also do well uh, on demand too. Yeah, mm-hmm. that might be. It. It's ba- it's basically their Bloody Mary. Like you go in the bathroom and say it three times. And then, uh, oh, right, I love right. Bloody Marys. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. My daughter was extremely overly scared at Coco. Even though it was a beautiful movie. Oh, really? <laughs> Not yeah, to yeah. just lump all. <laughs> I don't like Latina. Latina horror movies together. That genre. Since we're being so. uh, racially inappropriate the whole time. <laughs> and, uh, oh, by the way, we did uh, get your feedback on watching trailers during the show, and it was 75% for and only uh, 25% against. That's why we so just that's why we just, just, yeah, so we just, just did, did two more. Since, the like, four you guys, is one. Well, but people can't, like, I'm like, an alien that doesn't understand podcasts. They can't see the trailers. They can just hear what we're they watching. They just hear okay. it, yes. mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we always tell them. What's going on, or they hear and they, our reactions. they should maybe yeah. watch it at the same time. We're but it's a funny thing to just be able to hear it, because mm-hmm. that yeah. gives you a different sensory. It does. Mm-hmm. By the way, the, uh, the writers of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels are credited for The Hustle. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So but now, but there was no credit of, like, based on yeah. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yep. So, like, they're not giving, like, you know, that actual movie It's like Daniel crap. Tiger and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know he's it's feeling exa- it. It's, exa- it's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times they say, based on, you know, these, this right. movie. But uh, I don't know. Some some legal loophole, they got around it. Whatever. The, mm-hmm. the, the two that wrote it got paid. And yeah, they're like, that's I good. don't care. As long as they exactly. get... Exactly. The WGA made sure they got taken care of. So yeah. That's good. You can say it's based on whatever. Yeah. Based on um, Every single movie is just a right. rip-off of a movie that's already made. So... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a lot of DVD and Blu-rays out this uh, well, this week. We've got Cold Pursuit. Remember that uh, Liam Neeson snowplow movie? Oh my god, they're pushing this. I'm watching. I was watching ESPN. They're pushing this on ESPN, and they've really? cut it. They've cut together this ESPN only like sports fan trailer for Cold Pursuit. Oh, okay. It's unbelievable. Like the way they're editing like the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. They've cut this Cold Pursuit thing. I was like, fascinating. Wow, that's funny. That like, is stretching to match. Your, oh, find and your that audience. movie is that. If I hadn't seen the movie, I'd be like, this looks awesome. Yeah. But man, that movie, it does not. I like the sports angle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's going to win the yeah. title? And uh, Happy Death Day to You. That is the sequel. That looks good to, to me. Death I never Day. saw any of those, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fighting with My Family. This was the um, the rock wrestling oh. movie based on the true story but then, of the family. Weirdly, Vince Vaughn was in it, but nobody said anything? Yes. Mm-hmm. I never they never mentioned his name yet he's in every he was in every preview. I thought what a mm-hmm. weird thing. It is weird. Um he's in it. It's based on a true story. It's a it's a really I love this story. It's cool. Um I have a weird fa- obsession with the rock too, but I love him. <laughs> I don't think you're alone. Yeah. Um, and and it's based on an actual woman that, you know, yes. got into the mm-hmm. WWE and it's a it's a fun little story. If, mm-hmm. Like if you didn't see you didn't have to see this in the theaters if you missed mm-hmm. it and you want a little something to Great airplane movie. Get, or yeah, get mm-hmm. you through a, a let's stay home and order food in. Right. It's perfect mm-hmm. for that. You know. <laughs> get you through. <laughs> get you through a, this next movie, uh, Apollo 11, this is actually a documentary about the Apollo 11 launch. Ooh, it looks really good. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, so I wanted to check that out. This one will sound like I'm making it up, but it does exist. 
Backdraft 2. What? <laughs> yeah. Back, they a did a sequel. sequel to the movie from the 80s? They did a sequel Firefighter from film? The 80s. That's Firefighter hilarious. Film. Yes, Backdraft. It's one of those Statute things. Statute of Limitations. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought this practice was over where like it was like a straight-to-video release. Like producers would uh, pay money for a license, like the Backdraft license, then make a shitty knockoff, you know, quote, sequel with none of the original stars or cast in it because they never do well and they never make money. But apparently this uh, practice is not quite dead yet. But it's interesting that you would pick a movie that old, like from the 80s, to pick it up and like, I'm sure Ron Howard even went like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, you can have the rights for it. Sure. Is um, are any of the is there uh, any Baldwin in it on no, any there level? Is, or? There is no Baldwin in it. It's uh, a no Baldwin, yeah. no Baldwin film. It is a uh, Baldwin free film. <laughs> uh, and uh, the description is absolutely hilarious. It, apparently, it's about a terrorist oh, who boy. is uh, setting fires. Um, sure. as a distraction from his terrorist activities. So um, I love it, like, because there had to be, like, a writer's meeting. Like, all right, we've got the license, Backdraft 2. It took us How six years, we... but we got it. Oh my God. Where do we go from here? Pitch How me. How can we marginalize and make <laughs> more racism against Muslims? Yeah. <laughs> How can we do that? I didn't say it was an, a, uh, an Arabic oh, terrorist. Oh, no. well. The, I didn't read the entire description, to be North fair. Korean? Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, it actually does have Donald Sutherland and William Baldwin. What? Can I say, speaking of They have to be cameos then. Do you know how you can can find any movie Mm -hmm. anywhere at any time? There's no reason in hell to buy a movie. But the other day, I bought my favorite movie. Mm -hmm. Yes, you guessed it. She's having a baby. Have you ever seen it? (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever seen it? Yeah, a long time ago. Molly. Yeah, but. Alec Baldwin is so cute and young in it. If anybody mm-hmm. is an Alec Baldwin fan, mm-hmm. I forgot he was even in the movie. I just loved it for the soundtrack. But uh, it's a great movie. Yeah, It's like when they, they actually did this with, uh, um, remember, uh, was that 80s vampire movie? Uh, Which one? Um, the, the one with, Lost Boys. Lost Boys, yeah. They they made like a sequel to that and it was like they were pushing like Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman in the movie and they're in like at the end for like two seconds, oh, you know, like yeah. a cameo. <laughs> so it's like, all right, date I players, was convinced he was one of the masked singers, yeah. but he wasn't. <laughs> so um, check out Backdraft 2 if you truly have nothing going on in your life. Check that out. Boy, that um, is bold. <laughs> it would take a lot for me. To get that movie working in any capacity. Yeah. Uh, and the last movie is Triple Threat. This is actually the movie we wanted to see that uh, we got to see previews of at the last Kung Fu uh, movie extravaganza. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this one looks like a really fun action movie. Um, I like so the check title. it out. And um, all right. And the uh, Sight Spotlight fan feedback. Thank you again for. Um, uh, we're redoing, like I said, we're, we're getting more people back into the message boards. We appreciate it. We even have Neil stopping by every once in a while. You can check him out. There. There's a, remember on the website, you can always check out Neil's reviews as well as his um, weekly movie news roundup. And of course, you get that at the $10 Patreon level as now. a podcast, a, a bonus podcast. And at the $5 Patreon level, you also get our little movie uh, recommendations and the guest movie recommendations and occasional extra content that we... Uh, show up there every once in a while you know we occasionally will do a um a a mini spoiler you know if one of us is particularly angry about a film that'll that'll go into patreon yes (laughs) and uh so check that out we really appreciate it and the store is still open we've still got um earbuds and of course the um long ago far away the graphic novel and we also have um you know grimes movie afghanistan it's only 4.99 if you want to download that and uh, all sorts of fun stuff comedy film nerds guide to movies 
So, um, and Jackie Cation's download. If this yes, will make an excellent hor- This will make an excellent Horcrux. All right. And uh, premiering this week. John, John Wick, Wick 3. John Wick 3. More Wickier. Yeah. Parabellum. <laughs> you don't then, need mm-hmm, to put Parabellum there. You really don't. Just say John Wick yes. 3. Um, now, uh, really, it could him be. shooting his way through a volleyball court or whatever he's going to do. It could or, be John Wick Chapter 3 and then go right to the next movie, A Dog's Journey. Oh, my God. And the previews <laughs> for that. The previews for that. So you going um, to church. If those, yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's one of those movies, like A Dog's Journey is one of those movies, like if you're a dog lover, if you're a crazy dog lover, you already have your ticket. It's you're the done. same thing yeah. with John Wick 3. Yes, exactly. If you're like a John Wick, mm-hmm. Keanu, yeah. go shoot him up. Mm-hmm. You already like the first two. You don't need to, oh, is it Parabellum? Yeah, you, don't yeah. need, you don't care. <laughs> These movies are not for undecided audiences. No, <laughs> they're no. Not. Oh they're my for, God, we could talk yeah. for three hours about the next one. I, went, I had so many questions. Oh, The Sun is Also a Star? Oh, this is a great one. What is yeah. this? This is a, um, a, a coming-of-age teen um, romance. Uh, and but Ethnically it, diverse. Eth- ethnically diverse. You know, two uh, teenagers fall in love, but they only have a few hours left because one of them is about to get deported. So what fascinates me about this movie, if you watch the trailer, is... Um, even though they only have a few hours left before the deportation, they managed to fit every single teenage romance cliche in that first couple hours. Well, if you're on borrowed time, you'd have to do every teen yeah. rom-com And this yeah. is like what you were talking about, where the story has to support the ethnic yeah. diversity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a hilarious trailer. It's, uh, you know, it's like, okay, we'll just check the boxes on this. Check well, the I boxes. didn't really believe yeah. that it was a real trailer when I saw it. Yeah. I'm so fascinated. Yeah. I have mm-hmm. to see it. You mm-hmm. thought it was a joke trailer? Yeah. It seemed... Or almost it, like a trailer within a movie that you're watching. Like, it's a movie that's on TV, and that was right. a trailer in the movie yeah, or something. It, it really has that feel to it. Yeah, for sure. All right. So. That's uh, our episode 467. Mm-hmm. Lock it down. Put it in the books. I don't know what, what yeah. those things mean, but I don't know why I'm But saying. whatever it is, do it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Do those things. Yep. Um Thank you, Leslie Wolf, for being on our show. Where can people mm. find you online, shows, whatever you got going on? Well, I don't know. When, when does this air? Today. today. Guess what? Everybody who's listening to this podcast today can have free tickets to my show Sunday night at the Hollywood Improv. Oh. So just hit me up at lesliewolf at gmail.com, and I'll put you on the guest list. It's a great show. That's a culmination of my stand-up comedy class I teach called Fresh Faces, which is an ongoing class every month at the Improv, and it's a ton of fun. Check it out. That, check it out, everybody. High enthusiasm. Now, to be, uh, let, let's uh, give people even more information. Main room or lab? Main room. Main room. Always right. the so you main know, room. Because they have different... Uh, no, the lab has some great yeah. alternate shows. My show is a combination of fresh faces, new new people who have uh, are doing stand-up for the first time with some classic headliners. So, Graham, when are you going to come be my, my headliner? Mm, let me know. Chris, when are you going to come be my headliner? Mm, as soon as I start doing stand-up again. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, push you, I'll push you to do that, but it's... It's, I mean, just being with you guys today has brought up so many comedy feelings in me. I'm writing down notes as I speak, but I'd Lots love of you comedy to feels? Lots of comedy feels. This nice. is a fun podcast. I feel like we're nice. back doing a Sam Brown show. Oh, right. I thought of right. Sam Brown when I think of you too. May he rest in peace. I love that Sam he Brown. He's a good guy. Good guy. Well, thank you so much, Leslie, for coming on the show. My pleasure. Where thank can you. people find you online? Oh, Leslie Wolf is the photo bomb on Instagram. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I I'm on uh, the Hollywood Improv website. I'm on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just took myself off as like a let's do this. I it's, get it. It's not a crime. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's not yeah. a crime to ignore one or more social I media. Think <laughs> we're drawn to different. So like I love pictures, right. and that's why Instagram works for me. With mm-hmm. Twitter, I felt like I'll give an example real quick. I'll do a live tweet right now since I don't have Twitter. 
of course, we're in Burbank, so I had to stop at Panda Express on the way over here to have a, a, mm-hmm. a snack because that's a healthy choice. And I went <laughs> into the ladies' room, and there was a little picture of a young, like, 10-year-old girl with her hands covered with something saying, wash your hands before returning to work. And I found so many things wrong with this sign. First of all, why is a 10-year-old working at Panda Express? What is the substance <laughs> smeared all over her hands that says, wa- in the bathroom that says, wash your hands? And I said to myself, I'm going to take a picture of this and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write about this. And I was like, ah, who needs it? So I did it now. It's done. There. I've there. commented on the please wash your hands The joke's the in the Panda. ether. You're done. There, I, I felt live tweeting. It's a new thing. <laughs> live ephemeral which is a big word <laughs> I just live tweeted that <laughs> alright uh, well thank you <laughs> for being on the show uh, progressive comedy tour um, we're going to the east coast in June myself and Ron Placone go to grandmella.com for all my tour dates and all of that business Right, and uh, please check out my graphic novel, Long Ago and Far Away. You can get the whole thing uh, in physical form at uh, comedyfilmnerds.com. But if you want the digital issues, they are dropping every week from Starburns Press on Comixology for only $1.99 each. And don't forget to look for Guest House, the movie. Yes. With Bobby Lee. <laughs> Bobby Lee. Check it out. That's our show. Thank you, Aaron Brungart, uh, for all that you do on the All Things Comedy ones and twos. My name is Graham Hillwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember... Han shot first.